it is well known um, that so much so within, let us call it the educational world, that they actually have a term for it. And the term that they have is the word attention span. Uh-huh. And basically what that means is how long can the child stay focused on what we're doing? And generally, that's about 20 minutes for most people. <clears throat> so um, practicing meditation for longer than that, especially if they jump from 20 minutes to 40 minutes, mm-hmm. basically they, the student will spend a lot of time with the mind very tired. And when the mind is tired, that's one of the hindrances by itself. Ding dong, ring the bell. That's it. You're in hindrance, and which means all kinds of other hindrances can come up. So what we're talking about here is to make sure that we're spending uh, shorter times. And um, we can think of it kind of like this in the sense of going to the gym that a lot of people think that what they need to do is to pick up a really, really heavy weight. Or like the meditators, I've got to sit for a really, really long time. (laughs) But there's a whole different way of practicing, and that is is taking lighter weight um, uh, dumbbells and barbells and repping many times over and over and over again, okay? This is the actual right way of practicing Anapanasati, is to practice so that we get it going over and over and over Mm -hmm. again, because that builds up the muscles in a different kind of way. And one of the ways that it builds it up is for endurance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, with with that whole idea in mind, how we can then use that in our practices is to make sure we're not we're not sitting so long. We're not trying to get the mind to the point of being tired because of all the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. But yet when the mind is actually not so tired, then at least we're free from that hindrance. And now we've got only the other hindrances to deal with. And so this is one of the reasons for breaking the practice up into shorter periods of time. Right. And and yet uh, the habit pattern that has been developed, and I think partly because of the Goenka method as well as um, that which is happening in uh, Burma, is the the Westerners have a lot idea that the longer they sit, the better. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. they want to build up. Well, they can build up sitting a whole lot longer than they can uh, build up staying alert and awake. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you can sit for an hour, but you can be attentive maybe just 10 minutes or so, and you're just, you're like, you wasted 15 minutes. <laughs> or occasionally, occasionally we wake up. Mm-hmm. But waking up once every five minutes or mm-hmm. 10 minutes is, is uh, when people have... Now, basically the whole idea is if you're going to be practicing for that long period of time, is to say how many times throughout this time can I keep waking up? Mm-hmm. Or can I wake up to check the drowsiness? Which often they don't do, because a, a lot of students are confused going deep into meditation with just getting drowsy. Mm-hmm. 
and they don't know that they're, and so they have the feeling that they're in deep meditation. And so this is yet another reason, is to avoid uh, that kind of delusional stuff, which brings on a lot of doubt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, um, and so to deal with the hindrance is better, it's better to deal with them more often throughout the day, and I really apologize if I haven't been hammering on this for you before, or if I have, then please enjoy the uh, repetition. <laughs> <laughs> So how long do you sit? Uh, so usually I so lately I've been sitting two times a day. So one sit is in in the morning with my girlfriend, which is like fifteen to twenty minutes, and uh-huh. then I sit at night for about maybe let's say forty five to an hour. Um, okay. And I was actually thinking right now I enjoyed sitting more. Uh, sometimes you get really settled and you can just enjoy it. But mostly I saw that my mind gets clearer when sitting longer. But I think this is due to the fact uh, that during the day you kind of accumulate all sorts of uh, thoughts and stresses. And it takes a while to settle down. So what, with what you're saying, maybe if you handle it more often, you can settle down more quickly and don't need that time. And it kind of makes mm-hmm. sense right now when I think about it. Uh, actually, you can take your... A 40-minute sitting and break it into two 20-minute sittings with right. a 10-minute coffee break or a bathroom <laughs> break or something between <laughs> of about 10 or 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. so you would take longer, but <clears throat> by, by doing that breaking up and getting up and walking around, you actually do mm-hmm. some deeper breathing that we actually do when we're walking around and moving we breathe more deeply than when, and this is quite natural. Mm-hmm. It's quite natural not only because of the automatic regulation that the brain is doing, but because the body's movement itself is part of the breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we're sitting still and the body is not normally moving through walking or moving or anything like that, then it really is natural for the breathing to shut down. Mm-hmm. This is why Anapanasati is so important, is to keep the breathing going. And so if you can maintain the breathing then for 20 minutes and maintain the fact that you really like what you're doing, (laughs) that's the way to go, which might, in fact, that would be the time then after the second or the second sitting in the evening Mm -hmm. when the mind really is clear. That's when you can really enjoy the practice. And allow yourself to really get into that state. Now, let's go back and talk about that, because uh, one of the things that I think that people have is they, they, they hold first jhana at a very, very high standard, mm-hmm. because it can be taken to a very high uh-huh. place. But that first jhana is, in fact, a skill to be developed because each and every one of the um, uh, items mm-hmm. that are associated with the first jhana are, in fact, known in Anapanasati as skills to be developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he trains himself. That, 
which means that we can bring ourselves into kind of, let us call it this way, a baby first jhana. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that baby first jhana is really, really great, but it's going to grow. Mm -hmm. As our sukha grows, as our satisfaction with a job well done grows. Mm -hmm. So as those ingredients of the first jhana grow, so will then the impact and the intensity of the first jhana so that we can get ourselves. And occasionally mm -hmm. we can really take that first jhana to a very high spot. But we do not want to discount the fact that we can get this, the mind into the first jhana quite easily with some practice. Mm -hmm. Just to enjoy the moment. Just to <laughs> relax and decide and say, wow, I don't have to think about that. Oftentimes when the mind comes up with something that's happened in the past, like an example of a, a, a laptop that, that's broken that needs to be fixed, right? And out. I'm not going to think about that old laptop right now. <laughs> I do not need to think. I'm not about to go get it off the shelf. There's no reason for me to think about it. Or I might think about um, what we were doing, whoever the we's are, in a particular house or setting. And then I can recognize, no, I don't have to think about that place in North, North Carolina. <laughs> I can throw that right out of my head and be here in this present moment. And so we begin to see the little subtle things as dukkha mm -hmm. because they keep us from being in the present moment. They don't have to be really big things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but just, just, little, just little thoughts. So... These little thoughts, when we start watching, we can say, wait a minute, I don't need that one either. So I can, you know, throw that thought out and either uh, express it this way to pop right back into first jhana or another way of saying it is, is just continue maintaining the first jhana like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, out you go and I'm good. <laughs> and so this is the way that we learn to maintain it is with a really, really easy-going attitude because we're watching these thoughts to make sure that the wholesome thoughts are going to be there mm -hmm. so that we can maintain this sense of um, sedation, security, comfort, uh, satisfaction, no place to go, no work to do, nothing needs to be done. This is such a nice, pleasant moment. <sighs> and so we can actually go right into first jhana like that see you just did it <laughs> basically with that out breath it's just oh. <laughs> and it feels good <laughs> and so that's what we then learn to count, to cultivate mm-hmm and that the cultivation is in two ways. One, can I bring it back more often? Can I think of that and actually go through the, uh, the right effort that it takes to actually clean out the mind and to feel good in the moment? Mm -hmm. And then the other quality of the right effort is the taking of the deep breath. And so we put those together, and that first jhana is actually kind of not easy to do 
But with some practice, anyone can do it. But there's still an enormous range oh, as yeah. to how, how <clears throat> and in fact, you can think of it in this sense, because this is the way that it's described in the suttas, is that there's the path of first jhana and then the fruit of first jhana. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yes, the path of the first jhana and the fruit and the uh, the fruit of the of the first jhana uh, is that in the first jhana when you reach it, it's taking some effort and mm. that it has to be practiced, and also part of the path is learning how to maintain it. Mm-hmm. Once we learn how to maintain it, now we have the full enjoyment of it. And oh, that's yeah. the fruit. That's uh-huh. the fruit of it. That it, we now we don't even have to work at keeping it going. That once <laughs> we throw those unwholesome thoughts out, it's fairly easy for them to stay out. Mm-hmm. We just enjoy for a while. <laughs> yeah, I actually had an experience yesterday with that. So I was doing like don't know if you, uh, I was with somebody who's more from the Vipassana pragmatic Dharma movement. And we were doing a noting meditation together. And the purpose was like to note thoughts if they're like one-off thoughts or proliferating thoughts. So when sitting, my intention was to catch my thoughts and be really attentive to when they pop up and if they're kind of uh, coming from a different thought in the past. And I was kind of shocked because surprisingly, my mind was very empty and I was aware of that at a conceptual level. And then I just started feeling joyful. Okay, this is empty and it's so good. And it's... <laughs> ah, yes, that's it. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so good to feel, to be free of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, and there was a certain part of the mind that was trying to keep the instructions in mind and come up with the words for the noting. Uh, but the mind didn't want to do that anymore. So it was just kind of feeding into itself and just, oh, this is so nice. And I started laughing and I couldn't control it. Uh, tingling mm-hmm. sensations came and I was trying to kind of loosen it up to break it up, apart a bit but I couldn't it was just uh, self-absorbing it was <laughs> and so yeah when you get into it it's and all the while you were noting but this was what you were noting <laughs> yeah. as opposed to what a lot of students are noting is the hindrances <laughs> But once the hindrances are out, we've got a better things to note. <laughs> like, wow, this is nice. <laughs> oh, that's a noting. <laughs> yeah. And it was so good that my mind just didn't want to go into something else. Okay, I, something popped up and no back to this. But I, it, at a certain point, it didn't feel like taking effort. It kind of felt effortful to try to think of something else. Almost spring-loaded, exactly. Yeah, because other intentions or thoughts felt slightly disturbing, even how light they were to this state. Yeah, it was just so good. (laughs) And uh, so we had like uh, one hour to sit, and it was broken into two sessions of half an hour, and the other person stopped the session. And for me, it was kind of hard to kick the verbal circuits back in because... Uh, it was kind of shut down and I was a part of my mind was recognizing that I had to talk but it felt very effortful and okay just give me a second (laughs) and I was kind of rebooting or kind of that sensation okay and it's interesting that I kind of uh, popped into it spontaneously 
just by the acknowledgement, oh, oh, this is empty and it's good. And then, okay, <laughs> don't need to do anything else. And I, it was kind of a bit of a surprise and a shock. Okay, I could have been doing this and I've been trying <laughs> other stuff that didn't work. <laughs> That's one of the things, by the way, that I meant to, to mention uh, before or earlier that um, at, in the various meditation retreat centers that we have around here, most of them follow along with what Bhikkhu Buddhadasa set up years ago, okay. which is only 30 minutes of sitting, even right. in the retreat. Mm -hmm. And then we go do something else, and that something else can be go immediately into a walking meditation or taking a break or... Uh, a 15-minute break and then walking mm -hmm. meditation, but mm -hmm. whatever like that. But um, breaking things up, that this long sitting time is not really um, valuable. Mm -hmm. Here's a way of looking at it. If someone was able to not let their mind get tired for two hours, and then they could practice Vipassana for mm -hmm. two hours. And then they got up and they had their regular day. That, meant, that means to me that they're mindful for two hours a day and that they're in hindrance for 22 hours a day, <laughs> nonstop, basically. And that what we want to do is to interrupt our day. And so mm -hmm. sitting twice or sitting actually three or four times a day is very, very much useful, as well right. as um, the kinds of things that we've talked about to wake up throughout the day, mm -hmm. like the chair. You and I mm -hmm. have talked about the chair before. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's, every time you sit down, that's the time for you to go into first jhana. All right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And then you turn and you do whatever you're going to do while sitting down in first jhana. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it will probably wear off very quickly in the beginning, mm -hmm. but every time you can get used to it. Every time you sit down, you go into first jhana, and then you start to learn to maintain that. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I think this distinction you made with the baby first jhana is very useful. Because, yeah, we tend to have a high standards so it must feel this way if i don't feel like this strong perceptual